We are Crossroads Grace Church. Our purpose is to lead people to discover Jesus and follow Him fully. This week's message is taught by our teaching pastor, Brian Hunt. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are challenged and encouraged by this week's message. Hey, what's up, Crossroads? Good to see everybody. Good to see you guys. Good to see you online. Hello, 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 hello. My name is Brian. I'm the lead pastor here and grateful that you would uh, tune in. Honored to let you just uh, to invite us into your home, invite us into your life for a little bit. We're just grateful for that. Crossroads Online, great to have you with us here today. Don't forget, connect with those, uh, those chat hosts that they are, they're there for you right now. You can, uh, throughout the entire service, you can do that. You can throw a comment in there. You can make fun of me. Whatever you want to do, they're there for you to be able to, to interact with you. So make sure that you're, you do that. And our mission is always the same. Our mission is that we exist to lead people to discover Jesus and follow him fully. So we want to help you do that any way we can. We want you to know who Jesus is. We want you to follow him. We want to help you take your next steps. So anything that we can do, please make sure that you let those people know or let us know any way that we can do that for you. But guys, we're in the middle of, uh, of, the, of a series, like the heart of a series that we're calling Refresh. And, and Refresh is, is, is this great series that we've gone through. It's about how we can refresh our life, uh, not just in a subtle way, but in a soulful way. You know what I'm talking about? Like in a way that makes lasting change in your life kind of way. Because we all know that as we look back on 2020 and we kind of see what's happening in 2021, that there are some real big things that we want to see that, are, that we'd love to have be different. Uh, we may not be able to change the world, but we, we really want to make sure that we can at least change the things in our world that we can and, and I like to, to tell my team around here at Crossroads, I love to tell them like, hey, listen, control what you can control, you know? It's a way of saying like, listen, the uncontrollable is going to happen, but if you can learn to, can, can, to deal with the controllable things, when the uncontrollable happens, at least you'll be able to balance those out. Because if you don't, having both at the same time, then it's just overwhelming and it's crazy to even think about. So what we want to do by refreshing our life is that we're, we're looking to, to take charge of the things, take control of the things that we can, and, and, but at the same time being refreshed by God. Because instead of watching a Netflix documentary about how to do that, or, or watching like a self-help book or reading a self-help book, we're like getting into God's word. And we're saying, hey God, how do we refresh? How do we get going in our life? How do we do it differently? Which is why today we're going to dive back into this Bible again. But we're going to be in a different spot than we normally are. We're going to be back. We're going to be in the Old Testament in the book of Deuteronomy. So if you have your Bibles with you, your Crossroads Grace apps, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 is where we'll be at. Crossroads Online host, why don't you please put that link in there for the Bible for me. And then also the link for the Crossroads app if anybody's interested in downloading that free app. But, but what I've, I've wanted to do throughout the series is to not just give you just a couple of a good messages that you could kind of consume and be done with. I'm not here to give you, you know, good Instagram quotes or nuggets. Like, that's fine, everything. Because, listen, if that was all it was, you're just going to forget all that stuff in a few weeks, and then we'll, we'll just move on. But what I really wanted to do is share with you a system or, or maybe a rhythm on how you can constantly refresh your life with God. Because the truth of the matter is, is that we are going to have to refresh a bunch throughout our life. Because things will change and mistakes are going to happen and dynamics will move and we'll, goals will shift on us. And, and the reason that's important is because of this. Because living for Jesus means constantly adjusting to be more like him and being refreshed by him. 
If I was going to give you a fancy word for what this is, this is sanctification. This is becoming more like Jesus all the time. We want, to, we want to live for him. We have to change. We have to adjust as we find out more about how great he is and how poor we are. And we want to align ourselves with him. So, so to do that, we, we've seen that through the book of Acts that Jesus actually gives us a rhythm that we can enter into to, to constantly be refreshing our lives. So, so now let me, let me brief, kind of bring, bring everybody up to speed briefly here on kind of where we're at and what this rhythm looks like to kind of bring us all on the same page. So, so step one of this rhythm is, is to regroup, is regroup. Regrouping is when we, we step back and we see kind of things for what they are, what's happening in our life. It's, it's, being, it's being like able to kind of say, okay, this is what's happened to me. This is what's, what I've done that's happened to other people. This is the direction that my life is going if I keep going in this, on this path. And so regrouping is really important. But here's the deal. You can't just stay in the regrouping phase. You can't look back forever because the future is ahead of you and the future is where God is waiting for you and saying, hey, come on, let's go. Which brings us to step two. And step two is that we want to learn to revive. We want to be revived. And, and regrouping is great, but then we have to revive. Because honestly, if we, if we look back on things too long, we're going to get stuck. We're going to be in the middle of all the junk. It'll be really overwhelming. And if you look back too long, you get defeated, you get depressed. So that's why we need God to revive us. Looking back is rough, but when we get revived, that's when we learn about Jesus' love, his grace, his mercy, and that his spirit is actually available to take us on to the next step that he has for us all the way back to him. But, but what we don't, we don't revive to kind of just bask in God's glory. Either. We don't like, like sit back in God's love and mercy and chillax for the rest of our life after we've done that. It's not even something that we get to do when we get to heaven. You know, like God is still going to put us to work. You should read your Bible. It tells us all about it. But no, when we revive, it's when we learn to be on mission for Jesus, to tackle the next part of what being refreshed is all about, which is step three, and that is to refocus. So we regroup, we look back, we revive by God's spirit, and then we refocus. This is where we let God start to write a new story of our life. Jesus wipes the dry erase board clean of our life, and he's able to write a new melody to the song of our life. That's what happens in refocus. But as we said last week, we said, listen, there's a lot of things that we want to you know, refocus about. There, there are things that, that, that are a lot of things that we want to refocus. So we have to, we have to really realize that we can't, we can't have both, right? We can't have the old and the new at the same time. Just can't do that. Paul would tell us, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he'd say, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. So, so trying to keep your old life uh, and your new life um, is, is impossible. I mean, deciding to keep your old life is like trying to keep your cast on after your, your leg heals. You know, it's like telling your doctor, you know, you know, doc, here's the deal. I think I just want to keep the cast on. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like how itchy it is. Uh, I love that nasty smell. I love the fact that I can't go upstairs. So I'm just going to keep it. No, no one does that. No, no. You want the freedom of a castless life. So as we refocus and we let God write a new story, uh, uh, as we refocus a new story in our life, we want something that's greater than that. We want to live something that's greater than that. But there are all kinds of areas that we want to refocus on. I mean, lots and lots of different areas. I mean, if you really think about it, 
which is why we're kind of taking our time going through this refocus step and, and really looking at the big areas of our life. We want to give them a little bit more detail than just like a, 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 a once over on them. So last weekend, what we did is we started on refocus um, by looking at ourselves. We wanted to refocus by looking at ourselves, specifically our relationship with God and why making sure that that is our highest priority, why that will shape the rest of our life. And we came to this conclusion about that. We said that when we focus on God, other things have to go out of focus. Uh, it, just like it's impossible to have the old life and the new life at the same time, it's impossible to stay locked onto God and locked on the world around us at the very same time. It, it's impossible because the world is trying to steal our attention and God wants our attention. But, but when we do refocus our life onto Jesus, then we start to live a life that's full. It has purpose, it has passion, it has meaning. And, and deep down, each and every one of us want those things. Whether you believe in God or not, you want purpose, passion, and meaning in your life. And when we follow God, that's actually where we find it. So we, we talked about our relationship with us last week. But now this week, we're going to turn to the next area that we need to refocus on. And, and I would argue that this is an area that almost is universal. That everyone has a concern for this area. Because today, we're going to refocus on our family. Our family. Um, and, and I realize that this idea of family can be different for different people. Like it, it, has, it takes on different shapes. And if you're, you're single with us here today, man, just stay locked in. Because I'm telling you, you we are going to think about this idea of families broadly. So because some people are going to want to refocus with their families this way. They want to maybe think about their extended family. Or maybe it's starting a family. Or it's entering a relationship or exiting a relationship. And it might involve your marriage or your kids or all kinds of different things. But no matter what version that you're thinking about or want to talk about, the relationship with our family is so important that we have the right focus with it. And, and I appreciate that not everyone has a great relationship with their family. And I understand that, that lots of people that you might be spread apart, like my family is all over the country right now. My mom's watching in South Dakota, for crying out loud. But, but I believe that there is always a deep desire in each and every one of us for our family to be strong and also to be a part of our life. And in the last year or so, our, our families have been taken on a wild ride. I mean, if you just think about it for just a moment, when shelter in place happened, it was like we were all locked in the space station together. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, like our family, we were all, all you could focus on was your family because that was the only thing that you had. And at first, it's great. It's totally, totally, I mean, we did puzzles, we did games, we did chalk drawings, we did bear hunts. Remember those? Right? We did family walks, we watched movies together. But then the next day happened, right? <laughs> and you're out of stuff to do. You're like, what do we do now? You know? Because I remember having to schedule in alone time into our family weekly rhythm to get away from my family. Like, I just had to do it. And I don't think I'm the only one. I and mean, there's a few people laughing. I get an amen from anybody. Maybe, you know, you're sick of your family. I get it. Because, because the, slowly the concentrated the time with our families began to create resentment within our homes, didn't it? You, you saw it everywhere. Tension started to mount. Marriages started to struggle. Parenting grew harder and harder. People got into terrible relationships just so they wouldn't be alone. And, and as, as crazy as it sounds, we, we started to fall into an, to some unhealthy views of our family, to really get them out of focus. 
Guys, I know that there's some students that are really struggling with how strict their parents are with, their, with the COVID rules right now and how they connect with their friends. They can't, and they're beginning to resent their families because of that. And, and some families have become so scared of what's happening around them that they've isolated their family from the entire outside. And some people have even walked out on their families during this and started, their, started new families. It's so sad. But as we, as we take a step back, we have to consider... Like, what is the right focus for our families? It really begs this question that we have to answer today is, is what is the healthy, balanced, and God-honoring way to refocus our family? Right, this is really the heart of what we're asking. How do we do this the right way? How should we refocus so that our family can thrive and also allow God to use them in huge ways? Well, today I, I want to do something a little different because uh, I want to give us some very practical things for us to really kind of wrestle with with our families, this, this broad topic of our families. I know for Team Hunt, for my family, we thrive on examples of what to do. So, so I think sometimes when, when fa- what families need are handles, you know, handles to kind of hold on to, to know what to do and how to steer the ship a little bit. And so I want to give us some handles today. I want us to give a, four things that I believe every family can do, no matter what your family might look like, again, what version it might look like, to be able to refocus. So, so really four ways to have a focused family is what we'll talk about. And these four things, I'd encourage you to write down if you can. Uh, if you have the Crossroads Grace app, they're already listed there for you. You can find them right there. Uh, I just encourage you that if you write these down or look at them somewhere, it's going to help you refresh your life and also refocus your family today. And to do that, we are going to look at, are you ready? We're going to look at four verses total. That's it. That's right. Four verses. It's all we need. We're going to dissect these things and we're going to see how we can refocus our family in the right way. Four verses. They're found in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and we're going to be starting in verse 6 through 9. So again, let's read that together. Let's pick this thing apart together. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 9. It says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So in those four verses, we see the four things that are going to let us have a focused family. And the first one that we see is this, is that number one, we want to focus on God's impression. Focus on God's impression. As we said last week, our personal relationship with God is the most important focus that we need to have. And, and when we have that, then all of a sudden it's, it's amazing that we start to have a focused family, right? We have, a, we have a focused family. It only makes sense, right, if you're focusing on God, that that would be the, the lenses that how you would view life and how you'd view your family through. But, but how do we know our family is growing in God? How do we know that we are focused on God? How do we do that? Well, well let me make it very simple for you. And you're going to hear this quite often today, this one idea that a focused family puts Jesus first. Okay, a focused family puts Jesus first. This is what the earlier followers of God did. They were laser focused on God and, and God himself and exactly what they told him to do. Uh, they, they were laser focused on this, kind of what we just read. Except it's not just for them personally that God did this. It's actually for their entire families, which is why what we just read was so important. We look at it again. Verse 6 says, um, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. So in order to have Jesus first, he says the first thing we need to do is we need to impress, impress them on our kids, impress them on our children, impress them on our family, the them being the commandments, the word of God. 
Now, if we could just be honest here for a second here, parents online, if you'll be honest with me for just a moment here. Um, we try to impress our kids a lot, don't we? Like, you know what I mean? And, and I know there's some people that are going to be like straight up holier than thou. I'm like, oh, I never try to impress my kids. <laughs> Whatever, right? You want, you want to be cool to your kids. You want to try to impress them every now and again. Okay. So I asked this week on my Facebook page, I said, hey, give me some examples of some times you tried to impress your kids and it didn't really go out the way, that, way you wanted it. I was never, I'm never disappointed by you people. It's amazing what you'll put out there. It's just fantastic. Uh, Callie, she told me that she once tried to uh, show her kids how awesome she was by, by memorizing and reciting and singing the preamble of the Constitution. The problem was her kids were so young, they had no idea what she was talking about. It did no good at all. It didn't impress them at all. My friend Rich down in Arizona, he actually was trying to impress his daughter by showing her how to change the oil in her car. Uh, the problem was is that he forgot to put the drain plug back in. Yeah. So he was, she was more impressed that she could learn how you got to clean up oil with kitty litter. That was a much bigger deal for them. Uh, I, I saw a few hoverboard moments that were less than graceful on there too. Can, can we just like all agree together just to get that adults should not be on hoverboards at all. Like that should not be a thing ever. Like where people clapping, we get it, right? That's important. There was also an attempted box jump at a construction medium in the middle of downtown Las Vegas that went horribly bad. As a mom tried to impress her 14-year-old daughter that she still had hops, um, she does not. She has now a bruised, a little bit of bruised pride and a big gouge in her leg. That's what she got from that. But, but as a parents, we have the desire to impress our kids. But what God is saying here is so much deeper than trying to do a back scratcher off a ski jump at Dodge Ridge, you know? In fact, it's not at all about impressing them, but it's about having an impression on them. What are we impressing on them? And what God is wanting to, for us to impress on our families is his commandments, his word, his love. He, he wants to be impressed on our hearts, it just said. It was saying that we shouldn't be able to take a breath or have a beat of our heart that doesn't have him in it somehow, some way. Because when we focus on our families, on, on the right things, that's what happens. We're impressed. But when we focus on the other things, like if we focus too much on sports or activities or school or vocations or, 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 or trying to, to make our families happy and safe, what happens when we do that is that we miss out on impressing our God, impressing them with God and our family. We, we are impressing them with other things. Guys, listen to me. God will always call you out of your comfort into the uncomfortable excitement of his will. Let me say that one more time. That, that God will always call you out of your comfort into the uncomfortable excitement of his will. But in order to do that, in order to be ready to do that, we have to be focused on Jesus more than just once a week at a service. Just have to be. In fact, we have to be intentional. We have to be focused on growing with God, which what actually leads to the second one that we see, how we refocus our families. The number two thing that we see is that we focus on intentional connection. Intentional connection. Again, let's read verse 7. It'll tell us here. It says, Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Now, let's be very uh, important. The them there, uh, pronouns are important. That, that them is, is, we'll just call it God, right? This is God's word. Um, and uh, this is what the them that we're supposed to be focusing on. So, so that's what we're talking about. So, so what I love about this section of scripture here, though, is how it runs the total gamut of our lives. It, it, this will refuse to let you wriggle off the hook at, at all. 
Because think about this just a second. God says, hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to talk about it. I want you to talk about me when you're, at, when you're sitting at home. Which instantly we start thinking, bingo, loophole. Only got to talk about God when I'm at home. I got nothing else to do. Perfect. I can do that. No problem at all. But no, no, no. God says, oh, no, no. Yeah, you, you have to, uh, you, have, you should also talk about it when you're, when you're walking around too. Darn it. Okay, okay. When I'm active. Okay, got it. Okay. Well, well, God says, hey, I want you to talk about it when you're lying down. And you think, bingo. Ahaha, got you, God. Bedtime prayer type of situation here. Got you. No problem. Just say my prayers before I go to bed. I'm good to go. And God says, oh, no, 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 no. You should also talk about me when you get up. See what I mean? Like everywhere you go. God is saying, I want you to think about me when you are active, when you're relaxing, when you're tired, when you're awake, when you're horizontal, when you're vertical, when you're working, when you're sleeping, when you're driving up into the mountains and while you're eating in and out. Right? He wants to be connected with us all the time. All the time. God is saying, I want you and your family focused on me. I want you to be intentional about it because a focused family puts Jesus first. And, and, and to do that, and to do this, right, we need to be intentional about connecting with him. So let me give you some intentional things to think about. Here's a few things to think about. We need to be intentional about church. Right? We need to be intentional about church. We need to make church part of what we do. Not something that we try to squeeze in on the weekends if we can. Guys, right now, listen, you have outside, inside, and online to choose from. You have very little excuse. Really, excuse me. Make church part of what you do. You, and by doing that, you are showing your kids how important church is in your life and how important it should be in their life. So be intentional about being a part of church. The, the other thing, though, is we need to be intentional about, about community. About community. We need to show our families that we need each other and we also need other people. Guys, that's why I want you to be in a growth group so badly. I want you to be in a growth group. We are signing up for growth groups right now. Uh, guys, you can sign up uh, online for them. They are 10 to 12 people. Uh, they're 10 to 12 weeks long. It's not your entire life. Most of them are going to be digital, so you'll be safe, and you can do it from the comfort of your own home. It's a great place to meet friends and to get connected, but to live life with each other. If you have not done this yet, I want you to take Rooted. If you're looking for the first step to take, take Rooted. Get involved in Rooted. Get involved in that because that is going to help you learn how to walk with God, how to take your next steps with Him. And then after that, what I highly encourage, if you haven't done it yet, is to take what's called Financial Peace University. It's a way for you to, to use God's money, God's way. Uh, and it, we abbreviate it FPU, Financial Peace University. It's a great way for you to get involved and to, to get a hold of your finances. And lots of different groups. My wife's leading one on Sunday nights. There's lots of different groups with that. Again, you can do it from the comfort of your own home. But you need to be intentional. We want you to be in community. We are in this together. Sign up for a growth group right now. Do not wait. Get involved in community because we need to be intentional about that. But we also need to be intentional about praying. Reading our Bible, we got to be in God's Word. We need to communicate with God. We need to do that. But we also need to be intentional about this. We need to be intentional about talking with our families about Jesus. Talking with our families about Jesus. Gang, we have to decide that if, in fact, Jesus saved us from our sins, saved our souls, that don't you think that we should give him more than just like the leftover moments of our day? Like the stressed out moments of our day, that's what Jesus gets? Imagine if that's all you gave your spouse or your kids. My goodness. Let me ask you this. Are, are we talking to our kids about Jesus outside of the weekend services? Are we talking about politics more than Jesus right now? Right? Are, are we being intentional about speaking to our kids about Jesus? 
See, a family that's intentional about their relationship with Jesus will naturally be refocused. And they'll also be refocused in the third way that we'll talk about, that we need to focus on an unashamed faith. Unashamed faith. Again, I'm writing these down. Find them on the app. Really encourage you. But, but let's read again verse 8 where it says this. Uh, Tie them, again, them, God's word, what he's telling us. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Now, now let me explain this a little bit because you kind of look at that and you're like, okay, are we all getting tattoos? Like, what's going on? Okay, time out. What's going on? Let me explain what this means. Um, when this was written, a man by the name of Moses was leading the people of Israel. And Moses in the Bible, he's kind of a big deal, like a, a really big deal. God was, God was actually giving Moses the laws and the commandments that he wanted the people to follow. And then Moses would share it with the people. And, and, and this command that we're talking about here was one that was designed to bring God's commands, bring his, his symbols as close as he could to the people by saying, I want you literally to have it tied around your head. I want it bound to you. I want it on your head. I want it in your hands. I want it everywhere I can. Now, in post-biblical Judaism, they've kind of made, taken this more into a more literal form. And you, you might have seen this before, but let me, let me show it to you. This is, this is what's known as a teflon. A teflon. You, you, you'll see it right here, right? These are small boxes that, uh, that are worn on your head. And if you see this man over here, there's one on his arm there too. So on your head and on your arm. They're, they're small boxes. You tie them around your forehead and, and, or your arms. And these are used by what's called Hasidic Jews, which the Hasidic Jews are considered the most orthodox of the, Jew, of, of the Jewish faith. Um, and, and when Sheree and I, when we were in Israel, and if you've ever been to Israel, you'll see Hasidic Jews everywhere. And um, it, it's just, you, you instantly know who they are right away because they have a teflon uh, and on their arms and on, on their head. Um, but what's inside that box is, is really interesting because inside this box is literally God's commands. It's, it's part of the Torah. It's part of the Bible that's actually inside that little box. Small pieces of paper, certain parts of the Torah that are inside there, and, but they're, they're near their arms and near their heart, just like it, it said that we should do. Now, 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 why should this matter, you're probably saying, right? Why should this matter to my family? You might be asking, I said, are we going to start passing out Teflons to everybody? No, 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 that's all right. I'm not going to do that, okay? Wouldn't go with my mask. It's all good, right? We're not going to do that. But, but I want you to think about this with me. Think about this with me for a second. If you saw a person walking around with a Teflon on their head, or that leather strap wrapped around their arm with a teflon on their arm, you would notice that, wouldn't you? Like right away, you'd notice that. I mean, it's impossible not to see that and to see it for yourself. And now it's impossible not to understand a little bit more now that I told you what everything's about. So, so, so you look at that and you know. So, so let me ask you a question that might make you uncomfortable, okay? If people looked at your family, how would they know that you're a Christian? Like, how would they know? How would anyone know that your family were followers of Jesus Christ? And, and I'm not saying that you have to be travel evangelists or that you need to stand on the street corners and, like, roast people as they're going by, you know, boom, roasted, you don't know Jesus. Like, I'm not saying anything like that. But I'm just curious if the public aspect of your family's faith goes beyond maybe a, a social media post with a, a PTL, a, a praise the Lord, or maybe a couple of prayer hands and a text message to somebody. Like, does it go beyond that? See, see, a family that puts Jesus first will not be shy about their faith in public. They just won't. So, so maybe ask yourself some questions. Who was the last family that you invited to come to church with you? When did you talk to your neighbor about coming over to, to maybe watch a service together? When was the last time that your family... Uh, 
skipped going to all the scheduled practices and things that you had on the calendar and just decided to go serve at like the Modesto Gospel Mission for a night. How would someone know that you're a Christian by how you spend your money? See, I truly believe that the world is looking for Christians to step up and be different. They're begging for it. They want us to. But in order to be different, we have to be willing to stand out, unashamed of our faith. And when you stand out, I'll tell you, I'm telling you right now, people are going to notice and you're going to take some shots. I'm telling you right now. But when you have Jesus first in your life, you know it's all worth it. It's all good. It's all worth it. Which is why the last area is so valuable to us. The last focus that we need to have, number four, is we want to focus on God's mission. Focus on God's mission. Let's look in verse 9. Verse 9 says, Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Once again, this is context, context is critical for this. Uh, originally, this was more of a metaphorical type of reference that God was giving here. We don't really have evidence of people writing scripture on their actual doorposts. But what we do have is the post-biblical acts of the present-day Jews again. And and on Jewish homes, uh, they have in the right-hand corner of their doorpost something that's called the the mezuah. The mezuah. And it looks just like this, okay? Uh, Now, a mezuah, it's a small metal, sometimes wooden receptacle that actually contains some scripture inside it. This is what it looks like inside. It's some scripture that's rolled up. Go to that next one there. You'll be able to see this scripture rolled up. And the scriptures that are in there are Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, what we're reading right now. Deuteronomy 11, 13 through 21. That's what's rolled up in there. That's, that's kept in there. It's placed on the doorpost. And what you'll know is that it's, they, they touch it before they leave. They'll touch it before they leave. Just like the teflon is a way to mark your body, the, the mezuzah is a, is a way of marking your home. And, and for those that come into your home to kind of describe what you believe. But again, let's, let's play this out just one more time with our families, okay? What is it that you walk through before you leave your home every day? Your, your doorpost, right? It's a, it's a voluntary act of you leaving your house and heading into the world. You are now on mission for Jesus when you leave your house. Again, remember Jesus' mission that he gave the disciples before ascending back into heaven. That was back in Acts, what we read a few weeks ago. Acts chapter 1, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's the mission that Jesus gave us. That was the mission for you and for me and for our families. God is saying that you should be marked by that mission every time you walk out the door. You should be embracing the mission that God has given you. If, if you ever come to our house, to, to Team Hunt House, you'll, you'll get a glimpse of this. We've got a really cool gift that our friends Derek and Amy Manning gave us before we left from Chicago. Uh, they're amazing artists and really cool. It's this rustic-looking piece of art. You can throw that up there. Um, and, and what it is, it's like it's right by our door. It's got some door handles on there that you'd be able to hang coats and everything on. It's, it's super cool, and we just are so blessed by that by Derek and Amy. We love it. But what's most important is actually what's etched on the glass right above it. And, and on it is part of Joshua 22.5. And Joshua 22.5 is our family's verse. It's, it's our family's verse. And here's what Joshua 22.5 says. It says, but be very careful to keep the commandments in the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. Here's what we focus. To love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to keep his commands, to hold fast to him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. That, that's, that's, that's what team hunt, that's what we live by. 
But that is right by the door as we leave. Right by the door we leave. It's a way of us kind of staying on mission as we leave into the world. It's our mezuzah, if you will. That's what we look at. That's what we think about. That's what we have right when we leave. Because, guys, listen, if you want to have a focused family, you need to remember that God has told us that we are to be on mission for him in the world. And, guys, that's so important because a focused family does that because a focused family puts Jesus first. Now, listen carefully. I'm not saying that you need to quit all your family activities, stop playing baseball and soccer and all those things, and just do Bible studies every night of the week. I'm not saying that. That wouldn't fly for Team Hunt. We kind of like our sports. We like to do that. And I'm a pastor for crying out loud, so you can beat me up, whatever. We need to have balance. We need to have balance. We need to enjoy some time away. We also need to enjoy sports and other things like that. But guys, we cannot, listen, we cannot do those things without keeping in mind the mission Jesus has for us. No matter where we go or what we do, we are on mission for him. So listen, God wants us to have strong and focused families. He does. But it can be hard to do. I get it. I have one. It's super hard, okay? That's why we need each other. That's why we need each other. We need community. So guys, listen, please, 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 get into a group. Start to live life with people and you can help to stay focused together. Get in a group, get involved in some community. Be intentional about that. Because what we just read today shows us that there isn't a place where you can set God down like baby Yoda for a moment and then go do your own thing. Doesn't, doesn't work that way. He, he's saying that God should be a constant part of your life. Jesus isn't something that you can just go to on the weekend. Jesus isn't something like, you know, I'll go to Christmas and Easter. I'll get my Jesus fill. You don't just bring up, you know, God when grandma's around so she thinks that you still go to church and all that. Can't use Jesus as a get out of hell free card. No, guys, listen, Jesus is worth giving our entire life over to. And if we want our families to have a new focus, guys, we need to have that too. Guys, we need to be focused on God's impression, focused on intentional connection, on an unashamed faith, and on God's mission. And, and, and when we do that, guys, we're saying that a, a focused family puts Jesus first. I want you to hear me say this. God is for your family. God is for your family. And what God did through Jesus on the cross was for your family. For your family. But listen to, again to what Peter's words were in Acts chapter 2. Listen to how he describes this in his, this masterful speech that he gave. It said, he says, The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. The message of Jesus is for everybody. And when we are focused on Jesus... What we do is we actually make him the center of what, who we are and all that we do. That's how we have a focused family. That's how we have a focused life. It's when we refocus and make him the center of everything that we do. We filter all of our decisions through him, all of our life through him, everything through him, because we want what he's giving us. He's the best thing. He's our Lord and our Savior. So, so when we sing here in a moment the song called The Blessing, and when we when we, when we prepare our hearts for communion, I, I just want us to, to know that God is for your family. 
Whether that's the family you have right now, the family that you hope to have, the family that you lost, the family, he is for your family because the family is so important to spreading the good news of Jesus to the world. It's because Jesus loves you. He gave up his life for you. He gave up his life for the entire world that God so loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's what God did for you through Jesus, for your family. So wherever you're at, around the country, around the world, in Manteca, wherever you might be at, focus on Jesus and focus your family on him because that is the blessing that was given to you and to me and to our family and for the future. Only through him, only through him is it possible. And only through him can we focus and have the life that God's called us to live. Let's pray as we get ready for communion. Father God, I pray right now for all those that are gathered online, for all those that might be on couches or, or, or chairs or in their cars going to work, or, or God, and for all of us here, Father, in Manteca, God, that we just would, we would still ourselves for a moment and we'd realize that our families are something that is so precious to us. Whether, again, that is a family we desire to have, the family we currently have, the family that maybe is lost. God, we just, we want it so badly. But the only way that's possible is if we have a, f- a family that's focused on you because you will provide and you will supply and you will do all things because you are a blessing to us. Lord Jesus, help us to remember your sacrifice for us on the cross through this time of communion. Help us to remember you well and to seek you well. And might we just place our hope in our our, our, our desires in you, and that includes our families. May we lay them at the foot of the cross, and I know it's so easy to hold tightly to them right now because of all that's happening in the world, but God, we need to, we need to release them to you and let our families grow in your love and your grace. So Jesus, we remember you now through communion. Might you do something in our heart that you would stir something inside us because you are a blessing to us, and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. If you've discovered Jesus and this ministry has helped you follow him fully, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give through our Crossroads app or at crossroadsgrace.org give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Now go and follow him fully.